welcome back to Watch the Game, presented by the Nation Network. I'm your host, Sam Blazer, and I'll be joined by Adam Lascaris and Cam Lewis in just a little bit. But we've been on a bit of a hiatus, which uh, I guess is partially due to me. Um, during the holiday season, we got a little bit busy, weren't able to get on the same page to get any podcasts out there. Uh, I guess what ended up happening after that is I had a little bit myself, a little bit of a quarter life crisis, uh, anxiety and all kinds of other things ended up taking over and I've, uh, forgot to do this most weeks. And so now at what, one in the morning, uh, you know, almost one thirty Eastern time, um, I decided to call up Cam and Adam and they were nice and gracious enough to come on and talk to me uh, about some hockey. So here we are, and hopefully we can get this back on a little bit of a regular schedule. Uh, Cam, Adam, how are you guys doing today? Who should talk first? I, 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 did, like, I did say Cam I first. So Cam, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I'm just trying to get into a, back into a podcast zone because I haven't spoken into like my laptop in over a month. So it's, I'm, it's brutal. I'm getting over that, getting over that uncomfortable feeling of being in a room by myself but talking it's, it's weird i'm, I'm glad you have a sh- i'm glad you have like some up. clothes on too because normally you try to video call me and it can be uncomfortable i always video i always video call you guys when i'm the only one on video <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird watching me. it's and weird i forget that i'm on video and you guys just watch me like we put my hands down my pants and shit <laughs> dear <laughs> lord i, I, I be on video anymore i was gonna say that the podcast is already going off the rails uh adam how are you doing I'm doing all right. Um, coming off a big win in uh, Inter-Real basketball tonight, so a little bit worn out, but uh, doing okay. I'm glad you're holding strong this far. I, I appreciate it. But this past weekend was the uh, NHL All-Star Game. It didn't have the dramatics of last year with John Scott, but overall I thought it was a pretty good product um, with the Metro Division winning and Wayne Simmons as the MVP of the All-Star Game itself for the, the Metro. Uh, Cam, what did you think of the All-Star Game? What did you think of the weekend itself? Is it just me, or do you think that all of the All-Star games should take place in Los Angeles, especially with the star power that they were able to you know, wrangle up? I don't know. I, I feel like I sound like a broken record generic hockey Twitter user when I say that I thought the All-Star weekend was pretty boring. But then again, it's not really marketed towards people who are already fans. I feel like it's marketed towards people who are sort of casual fans that – I don't know, are just excited to watch people be good at hockey for like a few hours. Whereas if you're someone that watches like five games a week, like the three of us do, or I don't know, I don't know if Adam actually watches hockey, I'm skeptical. But if you're like us, Sam and I, who watch hockey, then All the time. you're going you're gonna to think this is just like slow and not competitive. And it, it didn't heat up until like the last like 10 seconds or yeah, when it, when it got exciting. But I mean, I don't know, it's, it's okay. It's, it's better than it used to be. I think the three-on-three format's pretty fun, but... It is what it is. It's it's pretty vanilla, and I'm just excited for like regular games to start again, so we can, you know, give a shit about something that's worthwhile. Adam, what did you think of the All Star game? Yeah, I, I missed uh, missed the actual game. Uh, caught a bit of the uh, skills competition on the weekend. So you uh, don't watch the game, huh? You don't. You don't. I was. How many busy. How many hockey games have you watched? Is it like one? Uh, Two? half. Half of one. <laughs> half of one half game. Of one. I I I'm gonna assume he's joking, but if he isn't. I'm I'm kind of scared considering um, how much he does write yeah, about hockey. No, I've uh, yeah, no, I missed the I missed that. I was uh, pretty busy. I was at a I was at a conference this weekend, but I did uh, did catch a little bit here and there. And I feel like uh, it's sort of a debate that yeah, sort of permeates through through all the major sports about what what exactly to do with the All Star Game. And I think uh, the NHL and I, I think the the one I hear most about is the Pro Bowl. Um, is the fact that these leagues? I mean, it's it's just kind of a it's just kind of a whatever. The All Star Game is a once a year event. It's not going to get too much better. It's not going to get too much worse. It's just kind of a thing. Like people, you know, they either tune in if they want to and then complain about it, even though they're still watching it. Um, so I think it's. I mean, I don't really have a problem with the way that things are run right now. Um, but that's just my opinion. Now, I, I don't really have a problem with the way it's run. I, the only thing that really upsets me is the way that they go about marketing the players. They, they get sometimes to, sh- like sometimes to show off their personality. P.K. Subban does, you know, what he does and is able to, you know, resuscitate uh, some 
pretty boring moments and kind of take <laughs> it over. And I, you know, and God bless him for it. Uh, without him, you know, the these All Star weekends would be painfully, painfully boring. Um, John Scott was the main attraction last year. You're not going to have that, obviously, because they're trying to prevent it this year. But they also took away the Breakaway Challenge, which wasn't great by any stretch, but at least gave us a sneak peek into some things that were. You know, you're able to see some creativity. So, like, when Jake Voracek took Johnny Gaudreau and, you know, took him down the ice and made it seem like he was uh, a little kid, that was pretty fun, especially imitating uh, Ryan Johansson um, when they were in Columbus. That's that's exciting. That's, like, you know, goofy, fun stuff. This year we had the four-line challenge, which I guess we're supposed to be excited about, but there was nothing there Man. for me. That I, I, you're talking, I, that I like. That you're, talking about the, you're talking about the skills challenge, and I can just hear Adam loudly yawning in the background yes the perfect metaphor for what the skills competition is all about i cut a little bit of it um yeah i, I don't know i it's it's just a little a whole lot of whatever i mean there's there's kind of a few events which are interesting here and there uh we got Connor mcdavid setting the unofficial slash somewhat official uh change the rules for one year kind of record i'm um, sure if he comes back uh, regularly, he'll probably end up breaking the Larkins record from last year. Um, but um, I don't know. It's just it's a whole lot of whatever in a sense. I'm just looking through highlights of uh, the AHL All Star Game actually, which I believe was earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that maybe the AHL All Star Game might have been a little bit more interesting. Really. You see, the, the, he's, he's he's making this ridiculous statement. I was gonna I was gonna like force him to back it up, but I, I won't. But all I was really trying to get at is that like, the moments for the All Star Game, and I've seen multiple people make this argument before, is when you're a younger fan, these those kind of things are what you enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked it when Ray Bork, you know, was doing the hardest shot challenge when I was younger. Like those who? things. Who? Who's Ray Bork? Never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. Not not not, you not really any good. You yourself, man. You really aged yeah, yourself. Yeah, I was saying aging myself. Also, like I remember Al McKennis also doing it, and I remember he oh, was the record shit. holder for a period of time. So, like the, those are the kind of moments that I remember. But you know, and you also are going to have like the hardest shot challenge with Shea Weber, which I guess is fine. But the the goofy moments, I feel like, are the ones that are really going to stick for any young fan. Or you don't have those you don't have enough of those you don't have the slam dunk contest uh type moment that the nba has and i think that's just a product of i guess the game itself but what are you really going to do i mean cam on your end what would you do to improve the all-star game if anything oh jesus Uh, that's like a that's a that's a that's a bold question to ask considering it's like it's it's that it's that age old question of the NHL. So again, there's only really one league that does it well, and that's the NBA. Just because NBA players are NBA players, it's exciting. And I mean, we talk so much about wanting hockey players to be exciting, but the awkward thing about it is, like, commentators and um, you know the play by play people and the hosts of the All Star Game during the All Star Game are nonstop talking about like, oh yeah, like so and so player is you know showing a little bit of personality, and there's just so much like. There's so much obvious awkwardness towards it that it's like it's never going to come out. I think I don't know. I always thought that it'd be it'd be good if the NHL All Star Game was outdoors or something. If that would actually make a difference, I doubt it. But it would just provide like a nice aesthetic for people who go live, I guess, which would be probably cooler than just having it in a regular stadium and having it just be a regular thing with a musical interlude in the middle. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I've I've never cared much for the All Star Game. But again, like I said earlier, it's not for me. And listening to like grown ass adults complain about it as if it is for them, it's just it's kind of a bizarre thing because, like you said, it's just for you know kids and casual fans. And that's something that I to improve the game and you know or actually to improve the All Star game rather, they need to just do something sideshowy in my opinion. Like just go up to you know some random lake in you know Buttfucksville, Saskatchewan, and you know. <laughs> play play a game and like set up some stands around that lake and do that there i think that would be in, like insanely fun insanely different you're gonna have a bunch of p- people tune in for that or like you know maybe go like out to hawaii and like do it next to a beach like, <laughs> some, yeah exactly something ridiculous like that i feel like that's the kind of stuff that they need to start doing just for interest sake because you're not gonna have people show up like people are showing up this year just to see if john scott 
type thing was going to end up happening. And in the three on three, you didn't really have anything too terribly interesting. I mean, you had a couple people show up and a couple people try pretty hard and try to make like a, I guess a stance, but there's there's really nothing to be had there. I mean, Adam, on your end, what what would you do? Um, yeah, I was talking to Cam about this uh, before the show, and I thought that one thing I don't think it's an original idea. I'm pretty sure I've heard it floated around before, but uh, it would be to bring in something like the uh, like the CHL prospects game. Um, you know, that's uh, of, of the top draft eligible players, and sort of have them maybe t- partake in the weekend. That might bring a bit more interest to that game, and you know, just have something else um, to look forward to. And that's a game where you know it's going to be competitive. Um, just maybe, yeah, just find a way to showcase, you know, somebody else other than the top stars in the league. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't think that's really a realistic option. I can't see the NHL going for that, but um, I think that's one option that, you know, in an, my ideal situation could be an equally An equally realistic option would be, like, picking the, like, 10 players who are most heavily criticized by the analytics community, like Chris Russell, and then just, like, Ten bloggers who are just like very ag- aggressive in staying at player. Those players are bad in having them play like a, like a like a team versus team game. Like shitty analytics players with like negative Corsi percentages and like bloggers for whatever hockey website. So I think that would be need... like a like a lot of people would tune into the battle royale. Exactly, it would be the Nation Network against uh, those guys. So it'd be Jeff. It'd be uh, you know. It'd be Adam. It'd be you. It'd be me. BJD, uh, we could, uh, bad things to say. I'm nice. Yeah, I was about to say Mike. Mike Fail uh, could be our head coach. There's there's a lot of possibilities here. I I, I like where you're heading on. And, and then and yeah, regard. Chris Russell could drag us all into the room and be like, yeah, it's not that fucking easy to block shots, and then just like whack a puck at someone's <laughs> face, and it would just make for like really good TV. And the commentators would be like, look at that personality on Chris Russell, and everybody would be happy. That would be awfully fun, just to, like to pose like normal people next to like these people that are actually still humongous athletes like as much as like shit i've talked about jared bull over the years he would still you know tower over me uh, he's a better skater than me he's much stronger than me you know it's it would be a, an interesting way to put everyone into context of what these people actually do yeah it's on like, the ice it's as like professional the hockey, athletes it's like the hockey harlem globetrotters like i mean <laughs> if any of the harlem if any of the harlem globetrotters were in the nba they'd be like the most inefficient players they'd like think about what those players would be like in the NBA. They'd have the worst PER ratings. They'd just be liabilities that would like you know have some nice plays. It would be weird when you have like a, a player off to the side throwing like confetti on just like one lady. <laughs> like that'd be, that'd be pretty just, odd. Someone coming out on like a unicycle during an NBA game. <laughs> I, I uh, actually met a met a Harlem Globetrotter a few years back, and he said the first thing they do um, in Harlem Globetrotter tryouts for everyone is they just get you to scrimmage back and forth. And he says like. He says that there's a bunch of people that think it's like a total joke, but I don't know. They're not like they're not a or there's some guys that have played for both Harlem and the NBA, but They've obviously they're college. yeah. They're so like I, players. There's there's no like there's no bad players on the Harlem Globetrotters, but he said he said the yeah the like he he remembers one of his first tryouts with the team. He he said he went and there was some guy who was doing all these crazy dribbling stuff and and whatnot and was like spinning balls in his head and all that and then go out into the game and like could barely like could barely do anything that's what i mean it's perfect because like the the poor analytics players that we love to call bad and we're like oh this player sucks it's like they're obviously still good just like the harlem Globetrotter players they're obviously good otherwise they wouldn't be able to do those like tricks and cool stuff like that but they're just like relatively speaking to like the professional standard they're bad so then like it, it's just like the it's just like the same it's the same thing I mean, I, think, I don't know. I think we can all agree that the best option uh, for the All Star Game is just make it a freak show, in any any way, shape, or form, either location, people involved, or you know, maybe we have like uh, like a bunch of like like monkeys as like the referees or something, you know, something just absolutely ridiculous that uh, just people to turn in, like you know, like how there's like the, yeah, like there's like the puppy bowl. Like where that you just have like some animals. You have some like golden retrievers as like the referees and linesmen. Oh, that's bringing back that's bringing back memories of. G- do you guys ever watch that movie M- um, MVP or uh, Oh yeah, Most Great Valuable movie. Primate? I have seen the, it. It's a like mid nineties movie with that monkey that plays hockey. It they didn't get and in that, Ohio, but <laughs> you have to do shit like that. No, what what the All Star Game should be is it should be a, like a testing ground for like new rules that people come up with. So like. Everybody writes in rules, and then the NHL puts out like a poll on Twitter or something. So then we can experiment with like no offsides or like black ice and white puck, 
are like no goalie pads <laughs> and just like stuff like that. So then, so then when we talk there's, shit, there's one like, normal yeah. rule in there, and then just two wild cards. <laughs> take but take I'm, away I'm, offsides, but also I want black ice and white puck. <laughs> Glow in the dark. I don't yeah. know, man. Like no nets. I don't know. It's like no ice, no hockey. It's just like web design or gardening. There, there was or like a period of time in the nineties. Uh, I believe where like they like people in the like off season like during the summers they would play like roller hockey with like a ball and they would play inline. it on the beaches. Yeah, it was, like That's inline. That's a popular sport. Yeah, like we play but, Canada in the off season. But like NHL people would like like play it like some like the fringe ones would play it and it was like an actual thing with actual teams and like an actual yeah, league. Yeah, there was a league that got paid. They yeah. they had that in college too. I really, really, really want that to be what happens is that they just play some in play in line and they do that and they just have the uh, orange ball and then what they can do is they can bring back like the fox tracks glowing puck that's that's what i want is i just want out of anything i think they should just bring back some like old school ridiculousness like maybe every once in a while when like you know tyson berry even though he didn't make the game like if there's someone like he was making it years like in the past like hmm that number four looks interesting and then they just put bobby Orr out there and they're like you know what they should just do some bonkers stuff to make the game about 10 times more interesting for me. So people tune in, but have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of like, you've never heard of the international, like, like roller hockey, like, like a lot of European players play on that. Like I remember when Alex Hemsky was on the Oilers, he was on the like Czech national roller hockey team and was like phenomenal. (laughs) It's like dominated it. (laughs) It's actually a thing still. Have you ever tried to stop on roller skates? It's, it's almost impossible. That's no, doable if you if you practice hard enough. The only time I've ever roller skated was in fourth grade, uh, when you know we had these like roller rink nights where our entire grade would go there, <laughs> and I would just try not to fall the in- entire time. And inevitably, what ended up happening is like a girl who I thought was cute would like drag me around, and I would fall. And then I remember I'd re- like, go to like the bathroom and cry because I was like, I wanted to kiss this girl, and she just watched me face plant. And now I'm bleeding from my knees, and this is the worst night ever. So, for me, that's what I associate roller skating with. Like, is... oh, you're like a you're like a walking simple plan song. Exactly. I was <laughs> so thinking that's a killers. Sad fucking was... story. <laughs> I'm just a kid. My life is a nightmare. You know. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this podcast is turning into like remember like traumatic traumatic moments from when we were like 13 that shaped us into like <laughs> the kind of people who like browse twitter all day yeah me too yeah exactly i was about to say the kind of people who like do a hockey podcast at like almost two in the morning so yeah that, i i totally get that um well i guess we can move on past the all-star game because we could literally go on for like hours i think and talk about just ridiculousness that could be included uh the big news of the day especially while we're on like a kind of an off day is what what ended up happening or what ended up being announced about the uh, Newark Islanders is apparently their lease agreement with Barclays Center is going not going to be renewed. Doesn't look like the Islanders are going to end up playing there. That expires after the eighteen nineteen season. So there's a couple of years yet that the Islanders will still play there. It doesn't uh, come into effect immediately, which I originally thought was going to happen um, after this year. I thought that that they were going to be like, okay, uh, you got to find out what you're going to be doing next year. The It puts the owners of the club in a precarious spot. It puts the fans in a really precarious spot. Apparently, the amount of money that the Barclays Center was getting from the Islanders wasn't acceptable, and they just don't, they don't necessarily want to get rid of them. They want to rework that lease agreement. Uh, Adam, what what do you think of what's going on there? What do you think the end uh, solution is going to be between uh, those two sides? Yeah, well, the first thing I think is like from a non Islanders fan standpoint, like it's pretty funny, just because like it's so ridiculous. Uh, just like that whole arena situation, like originally not being interested in moving there, and then deciding to move there after the arena was created, and then them being like oh, actually, it doesn't fit a hockey ring properly because it's not meant for hockey. And then, like, I don't know, there's some stuff going on this offseason, I think, where I heard, like, they didn't have the proper piping under the ice. And just, like, the whole situation is just a, a really strange one. Um, like, them moving into Brooklyn in the first place kind of, like, it's not the farthest relocation, but, like, it's a reasonable distance if you were close to the original uh, Coliseum. So I think, like, it's just... It's just a very odd and like poorly mismanaged situation that if you're not an Islanders fan is like 
a little interesting and kind of funny to laugh at, but at the same time, like, just gross mismanagement all over. Yeah, the Islanders are the Islanders are the Islanders' whole dilemma here has just made them look like total junk. They just look like such a tier two franchise the way that they've they've gone through this. And I mean the one of the um one of the proposed um solutions to this problem is splitting time with the Rangers at Madison Square Garden, which would just be like so pathetic. And then the other one is they want to build a brand new stadium right next to um City Field in Queens, which is just like again, it's like no, like <laughs> all these new stadiums, taxpayers' money popping up everywhere. It's like, holy shit! Just, just, just find find somewhere. It doesn't have to be like a beautiful new arena every ten, twenty years. You can just renovate like renovate the old one or something. But I don't know. At some point, you kind of have to ask. Like, maybe it just isn't a fit. I mean, you already have the Rangers and you already have the Devils. I understand that the Islanders are a storied franchise or whatever. But I mean, if there's nowhere to house them and Barclays Center and their management and the Brooklyn Nets and um, would rather make money off of say concerts and what have you, because that's, you know, what the stadium was built for because this is like, you know, Jay-Z's vanity project. If that's what it was built for and it wasn't built for a goddamn hockey team, then just, you know, move the team to, I don't know, Hartford or something. Uh, That's the ridiculous part for me is that even when you have like 12 to like 15,000 fans showing up on any given night for Islanders, Islanders hockey, like, that is a still a pretty big tenant for them. You know, like I don't understand how they could just be like, all right, we get, we're after this, we are going to walk away. I, what will probably end up happening is they'll rework it and they'll probably end up going back there despite, you know, some hand wringing and, you know, some, you know, side looks like they're, they're, they're going to end up going back there, I think, but it's just a weird like way to go about it and uh you know a weird negotiation tactic and what's interesting enough is when i was reading up on this i found out that the nassau coliseum um the entire reason they left is that the negotiations between the two sides of like getting it back together and you know upgrading it because it hasn't been upgraded like you know 30 plus years the the reason that they wouldn't do it and the reason that like they're just going to let it sit is because of how bad the negotiations got between the two sides. So the county will literally let it sit and be completely wasted than give in to what the uh, Islanders wanted from like the county itself, which is seems absolutely nuts and bonkers, but apparently like that's that couldn't even be an option, which yeah. I can't even fathom. I feel like, yeah, I know. I feel like, like you said, like even if they're getting like 12, 13,000 fans, but I mean, it, it it must be so expensive to have to chuck down an ice surface when you already have a basketball team and you already have concerts and stuff there. That must be such a, a ridiculous cost. And I mean, even if you're getting twelve thousand fans out to a hockey game, like think about all the potential concerts and whatever that you're that you're not having there. That you, I mean, you're gonna get more than twelve thousand people to say like a like a Kanye concert or something, or like a Jay Z show. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, you also don't have to throw down like a massive thing of ice. It just seems it just seems so it just seems so odd that how after only two seasons are you rethinking this? Did you not think when you first brought it in, okay, look, this is gonna be basketball and concerts. It doesn't make any sense to be like a like a multi purpose facility. How do you get yourself into this kind of situation if it isn't if there isn't a long term picture that benefits both sides? It's, it's just like how how stupid are the people involved? And I don't really I don't really think it's necessarily stupidity. I think it's just money, like overall. I mean, with the the, the Nassau Coliseum deal, it's just like you know millionaires and politicians who are in, like just one big pissing contest. When you talk about Barclays and you talk about uh, the Islanders itself, like okay, you there are billionaires, you know, fighting against billionaires here, and they're like, all right, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, and they're like, all right, well, we'll take it elsewhere, and so. Anytime like people with that kind of money can get into a pissing contest, it's always like a power struggle, and you're gonna get it, you know, ten times out of ten. And if they don't get their way the first time, they're gonna find a way that if there's an out clause, they'll find it and they'll make sure to take advantage of it. Do, do you, either of you guys like actually think that the Islanders would move? I mean, considering what they are as a franchise, I don't see it happening in the modern age, at least in my opinion. Like you can see, I could see any of the recent expansion franchises moving. Like you know, in the next like uh, fifteen twenty years, just Blue because jackets. of okay, I heard you guys the first time. <laughs> Jesus, calm down. But what do about you, uh, the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets, Sam? I, I, if you talk to me about 
three, four years ago, you guys probably could have convinced me. But the Franklin County just bought uh, the arena itself. And the lease for the Blue Jackets lasts, and there's no out clause, it lasts all the way to 2030, uh, 2031. So they're like, there's nothing that's going to happen between the, that now and then. And Columbus all, Blue Jackets may outlast Western civilization as we know it. <laughs> that, that is a truth. And what's interesting enough, the city council also just passed within, like I think, in the past like six, eight months, uh, that the, ta- the, the uh, arena itself no longer has to pay taxes. Okay, let's make a bet right now. By the time the Elise runs out, you said 2030-31, right? Yeah. So will the Blue Jackets have won a playoff series by then? Oh, baby, they're, they're winning one in like three months from now. Like, they're let's not kid ourselves. In five games. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get out of here. Cam, do you want to go to Columbus for the playoffs? Yeah. Sure. Okay, let's do it. We'll we'll, okay. we'll do some we'll do some live podcasting. We'll just put it out on YouTube or something. We'll make it fun. I'll I'll house these that guys. Cannon, and it'll be a that good time. Cannon in the background doing one at a at a hockey game with the fifth line and the cannon and all. So and all sick. That. So sick. Uh, but you guys didn't answer my question. Do you guys think uh, the Islanders going to move? No. Um, they yeah, said no. they no. um they said that um Arthur Staple of Newsday, like a pretty good Islanders follow beat writer, was like um leaving new york is like very 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 low on both the islanders ownership and the league's list of things they want to happen i mean the new ownership in 2014 purchased the team with the idea of moving them to brooklyn but also ultimately like keeping them in new york city so when they moved away from long island it was like we want to be in new york so i don't think it's going to be like oh shit like bark Leisner didn't move out let's move the team to quebec like that was our that was our that was our our number one thing was Brooklyn, but our number two was Quebec, and then number three was Regina, and then number four was Long Island. I I really doubt that, so I, I really can't see the franchise moving. I don't maybe, see it happening maybe, either. Maybe Hartford, Connecticut. I mean, that's pretty close. Maybe I don't know, but that'd be the only one. Yeah, I, re- I actually read this uh, interesting book recently. It's uh, it's called Soccer Nomics, so it's sort of an economic look at soccer, and then a few other notes on other sports, and it sort of talked about like mismanagement and misownership and whatnot and it basically it basically said like there's no real reason for like pro bad ownership and pro sport like in the sense like okay you can have an owner who might have like might you know have a bad gm or like might hire a bad coach or something like that but it said like just for teams to like have like power struggles over like money is pretty ridiculous just considering how um how like in the grand scheme of things i guess pro sports teams like have far more money than the average like person or whatnot has but if you really wanted to like get into business to make money you'd go into like oil or like you'd go into like you know owning like like grocery store chains or like you know like apple music or like whatever else like there's there's no you don't need to be in sports to make money so it's basically just presented this argument saying like having a horribly mismanaged sports franchise and like just doing ridiculous things like this is like, I don't know. Like if, if I was a fan, I'd be like pretty upset about the way that they're handling this. But also there's some owners that, that like there's lots of owners. I mean, this is noticeable in Glendale and with the coyotes. I mean, there's owners that, that own these teams to pick up a loss so that they can write off a bunch of taxes on their other business and other ventures. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense that some teams are, catastrophically poorly ran i don't think the islanders are in that scenario considering like we've talked about they were repurchased by a new group in 2014 with the goal of you know turning them into the brooklyn islanders but yeah i don't know it, it's it's very mind-boggling that like sports which is a license to print money how you can you can you can fuck up this hard yeah it's pretty hard to you know mess up the way that they that they you know are kind of doing at the moment at least from like an optic standpoint it doesn't look good and a lot of time when you're like a franchise like this and you guys brought up the blue jackets i don't even know in jest or you know completely seriously but it's weird being a fan of one of these teams that we were kind of like on the border of you know like always in the relocation talk because you you're like all right well i, ca- I kind of want to jump on board and be a, cont- a complete other fan but i also don't want my heart to be ripped out and what by the, i know a lot of people a lot of people who are cleveland browns fans 
in the mid-90s, and then they moved and became the Baltimore Ravens. And when they came back, they were like, I don't even know if I could do this again because I'm genuinely scared to be a fan and put my entire heart into this, which seems like life or death for sports, but it's like a legitimate way people act, and especially in the Midwest where a lot of people care about sports a lot more than they probably should. It's definitely a, a thought process. And when you don't have a winner either, the, it, you, you know, you kind of – you know, kill two birds with one stone. It's just like, all right, well, they suck and they're going to move. Um, yeah, I have no need to be there. I have no need to watch. It's just like, you know, eat, like, just eating yourself. It's just terrible. It's just not like the, it's not good for a young franchise. And it's not, I, I kind of feel for Islanders fans who are going through uh, something similar to that, I, that I've seen before. Well, that's what yeah. it, that's what that's where we're at with the Oilers. I mean, the Islanders and Oilers are somewhat similar in that they saw like a tremendous amount of success with one dynasty, but aside from that dynasty, they've had nothing else. And I mean, Edmonton almost relocated in the late '90s and early 2000s to Houston, but then the investors group stepped up and purchased the team. But I mean, like, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 difficult for for to cheer for a team that has no hope and i'm not really sure like i don't know i don't know if we're going to get into talking this but we might as well i mean the islanders are terrible like they're like really poorly managed i mean for for a while they're back in like 2014 15 it looked like garth snow had this low-key phenomenal thing going on but then you look at some of the moves he's made recently and they're paying like 14 million dollars for that fourth line like trading nino need reader away for cal clutterbuck um, just all these bad draft picks. Like Michael Del Cole has 14 points this year in the AHL. Um, I mean Griffin Reinhardt fourth overall. I mean they managed to get something for him, but that was like trash. They let Franz Nielsen and Kyle Pozo walk for what reason? I don't know. I mean for whatever reason, John Tavares seems to want to stick around with the franchise, and I'm not really quite sure why. But the team is just like very, very, very bad, and with their ownership with their ownership scenario it's like how on earth are you like how how do you cheer for this and i think it's very similar i know if john Tavares were to go to you know toronto he'd be like immediately become like an absolute darling there but also by the same token if you stay in new york and you become you know one of the greatest to like ever be in the city then that's like it, it also like on that same level i mean you'll get it unconditionally in toronto but if you do it in New York and succeed, like Mark Messier there, like you can talk to people there, and I've met people that you know did, were four when they watched it, and they have Mark Messier jerseys with like the like the sign that like his sign name on there, and he's just absolutely revered. So like I guess I get it in that sense, like to be a legend in such a large city, you know, one of like the main meccas of the world. It's it's I guess I get that, and there's also a possibility for marketing, sponsorship, and that whole nine yards, but. I, I guess I get why you would want to buy a New York franchise like that just so you could possibly, you know, make it into something that's bigger than it normally is. And if you're a player, you want to become, you know, hopefully get up to that legendary status. And if you're someone like John Tavares, you have a strong chance of doing so. You just can't do it on your own. Wouldn't you think so? Like, Adam, do you do you agree with that comparison about, uh, like, Toronto and how they would probably uh, treat John Tavares? I mean, they'd love him no matter what, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, I think, like, the one thing I'm just thinking about is, uh, like, with uh, with Tavares being, you know, I think he's already, uh, like, etched his place in history as one of the, the best Islanders ever, but obviously hasn't had uh, that sort of playoff success. Like, they won the four cups, but Tavares being the captain of the team the past few seasons and putting up the point totals that he has in this era and just, you know, his overall play as sort of the hero of that franchise i think he's already you know done enough to sort of justify his place as a as a first overall pick and you know all the hype that he he had when he came into the league um but at the same time i think like just the the one difference between those two scenarios is like he's playing on like the new york islanders and not the new york yankees like it's still i don't know exactly where you put it in the uh in the realm of sports in the city but like you've got you know uh definitely the yankees i'd say would be the city's top team and you know even uh the knicks are quite popular um you know the rangers would be more popular than the islanders as far the as the giants and the jets too even yeah, like so, the brooklyn the brooklyn nets as well so i, I mean, mean the like, islanders are really far down that list so i like it's not it's not like uh he'd be the city's like number one sports star by any means like even though he's been there for a while and he's been consistent 
Um, like, I still think there's people who are more excited over, like, Jorge Posada than they ever will be about John Tavares. Yeah, John Tavares' best case scenario is being, like, what David Wright was to the New York Mets in the 2000s. Like, a very good player. Uh, and he was he put up, like, a lot of really good seasons on a treacherously bad Mets team, but that's about it. And, I mean, even if the Mets were to win with David Wright on, on their team, you're not going to be a New York legend like Derek Jeter or Mark Messier, even because they just the volume of people that cheer for the Islanders, the cultural relevance of the Islanders is so much lower than the Rangers. And you have to compete with that, which is so difficult. So, I don't know. It definitely but, I don't is difficult. Have either of you ever... Uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all you. Yeah, no, I, have either of you ever been to a Mets game in New York? Yeah. Because I, I think the, the funniest thing I've... Uh, I went uh, 2014, I think, um, and the funniest thing I found was they had like this weird thing where they were selling all these T-shirts that said like "Real New Yorkers are Mets fans," and like I heard like multiple people like saying that out loud or chanting that, which is just like a clear shot at the Yankees. And I'm like, how are you running a sports franchise just like saying like how you're you think you're as good or better than another sports franchise. <laughs> it was like, it's like the strangest thing. It's like sort of the way that I like, you know, see sometimes it seems like certain fans, of the Ottawa senators have had this like thing about Leafs fans. And like, it so happens with other teams. When anybody talks about Austin Matthews and they, they just so, bitch about it. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was, but it was like the strangest thing just because like they were selling these like t-shirts and like, so I don't know. It's just an it's just a side note about the Mets, but that's like how I always view that franchise. Like even when they're in the World Series, like a year later, I'm like, man, like get get a better marketing department. I don't know. No, for sure, because they're they're basically saying it to themselves to so they can believe it. They're they're like, yeah, we're uh, we're better than the Yankees. We're the team that you should cheer for. Uh, come on, believe it, please, please, please believe it. <laughs> or the same way the Ottawa Senators, like we're the, we're the team of Ontario. We promise. Like come on. Please, guys, watch us. But the uh, the one piece of New York Islanders news that we didn't talk about was that they signed Thomas Grice to a three-year extension. And I bet you guys didn't know this, but unless you paid attention to my, uh, my fun fact game on Twitter today, which I certainly hope you did, but Thomas Grice, of any goalie in the NHL since the beginning of 2015-16 season that has played at least 1,000 minutes has the highest save percentage. Any goalie in the NHL. You wouldn't expect it. Especially no. like the, the the kind of play that he brings, like he's a good player, like there's not, and he's always been a pretty good backup. But like putting it together, it's a lot, a lot like a puzzle. It's like you know, you take a little bit of this, you take a few of his games here, there, there, there. But now he's starting to actually like play, and he's been playing well. Do have, I, don't, I don't think it's above his head either. Do you have any memory of him playing for the Coyotes? Because I'm looking at his hockey reference page, and apparently he played for the Coyotes in 2013-14. A little bit, a little. And bit. he played for the Penguins in 2014-15. I I, I, I started watching it. hockey last week. I have no idea. <laughs> he was. I'm really glad you're on this hockey podcast. The Penguins. Yeah. To even watch the game, I just look at the hockey reference pages and look at their numbers. That's all that matters. That's that's the way to no. do it. <laughs> I've uh, I stopped evaluating goalies in about 2011, so I have no comments on it. But uh, how do I? Yeah. But I mean, it seems like you know reasonable cap hit for for his performance. Um, he he's a good goalie. I, on my end, what I think, or not what I think, but what I I've read and I think is an interesting theory, at least with goalies overall, is that when you look at their save percentages, so say you go from I don't know Carey Price to someone who's middle of the road, um, who's a backup, and you go from like a nine sixteen to like a 932 it's only it's only you know 0.16 difference which over a season ends up being you know about like 10 15 goals which i mean can be a big stink but it doesn't really matter but you're what always ends up happening is you end up paying a carry price to henrik lundquist to sergey Bobrovsky, any of those people you end up paying them anywhere from six to nine million dollars for that when you can actually get a backup for you know they can give you you know league average for about like one two three million what do you guys think about goalie overpayment do you think that a henrik lundquist is worth it or do you think that you know you could possibly take that money put it elsewhere improve your offense and make up more goals in a completely different uh place 
I think Hemrick Lundqvist specifically is worth it because he's just been so like transcendently good for so long. And I mean, someone like Dominic Hasek is that good, but that's something you have to see. I don't think you necessarily see that come up in the numbers. It's something you see in their skill in the way they practice and the way they play. And that's like a demeanor and like an intensity thing. And that's like, yeah, you're right. It's only going to be 15, 20 goals throughout the season. But like, if, but when that comes to playoff time, you, you do truly need someone that can like come up big in those moments. And I think there's, I mean, as much as we joke about eye test and getting to know the players and intangible shit, I think it is actually, there is something to be said with that for goaltending. Because, I don't know, like, there's so many goalies that are just, like, dog shit, like, in the playoffs. And then there's the ones that are just, like, phenomenal. And it, it is worthwhile to overpay for that kind of thing. I mean, someone's someone's certainly going to overpay for Ben Bishop this year. And they might look dumb, like, during the seasons when he's thoroughly mediocre, but then when it comes to the playoffs and in two separate one- runs with the Lightning, he's been, like, spectacular. And it comes to the playoffs and he, like, he does put up, like, he stands on his head and, like, single-handedly wins the team in games when there is no margin for error. Then that's when it becomes worthwhile. And I don't think the difference between paying someone, like, $7 million for an elite goalie and $4 million for, say, like, a Cam Talbot or someone who's not quite as good, I don't, I don't think the $3 million made up elsewhere is worth what you're going to get from an elite goalie in a playoff series. Adam? Yeah, well, I think, like, uh, going back to Cam's point, um, well, like, Henrik Lindquist is an interesting one because of just his performance this year. He's You've seen him dip a bit, and there's been sort of a range of theories that have come out um, as to why his play has, has dipped. And, you know, like, obviously, if you look at his performance this year and his cap hit, like, they don't match up. And it's sort of a guessing game whether that's going to be his performance, you know, moving forward in the next few seasons. Um, but yeah, like, I kind of agree with Cam in the sense that, but there's really only like two or three goalies that I'd really want to pay that kind of money for. Um, but James Reimer, that, definitely um, one. Yep. Um, James Reimer, uh, Cam Talbot, uh, I don't know, is Josh Harding still in the league? Um, no, he has no. multiple sclerosis. <laughs> That's a really fucked up example to pull out, Adam. I don't know what the hell's wrong with I, you. I will person. not edit that out either. <laughs> You're shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> I actually forgot about that, so I apologize. But um, but anyway, like if you can, like if you can over, if you if the difference between your team, like. I'm impressed that you're losing. carrying on after that, man. That, <laughs> you're just you're chugging through, man. Yeah, exactly. The, it's 2 a.m. your time, and you're just like, man, I just got a podcast. I don't care. I just made an offensive comment, but I'm going to keep chugging. Anyway, if you uh, if you think the difference between winning and losing is you're like your team like overpaying for your superstar goalie, like like how badly is your bottom six managed, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like you can you can always cut corners if if you do have to pay that you know seven eight million for like a a Fesna quality goalie. Yeah, if you have to underpay for a goalie to to fill holes elsewhere, then you fucked up way earlier down the line. So, I mean, you should have... When, paying for a good goalie should be one of the first things you do, and you should be able to build your team around that, not like, oh, I have my team already, now I'm going to drop $7.5 million on a goalie, and I have to get rid of like my very good second-pairing defenseman and two like third-line wingers because of it. I mean, if that's the case, then you're, you're bad, and your team would have screwed in a different way down like eventually, so whatever I, I guess that's a, de- a way to approach it i i feel like there could be something there but it has to be done in a certain way and i guess it it would be an interesting study for someone to take a look at i know uh, one of the guys who writes on buckeye state hockey argued on his end that sergey Bobrovsky's money could have been spent elsewhere but by the same token the blue jackets have also had crap goaltending their entire lives or their entire franchise lives. So what, you know, when you when you have like a Vesna winning uh, goaltender, you're gonna overpay for him. That's that's just the facts of life, right there. It's it's just gonna happen, and I, I don't really blame them at all. But uh, you know, I guess what we can do now is we can close up the show uh, a little bit. But before we close up the show, I just want to ask you guys one question about uh, what uh, the uh, tail end of the season after the All Star break, who is the one team that you are excited to watch? Um, over the next couple of months. Cam, who's the team that you're excited to watch? Who am I excited to watch? I'm excited to watch the Colorado Avalanche in this just like hilarious tailspin in which they're on pace to have just like a historically bad season. I can't remember. I, I, maybe I just like don't have my facts straight with very bad teams, but I can't remember a team 
that was this awful for this. I mean, they've like I put out a tweet recently on NHL numbers, and it's since Christmas the Washington Capitals have won 13 games, and that's as many wins as the Abs have all season, which is mind numbing and hilarious. And it's I, I mean, I'm not actually excited to watch them. I don't give a shit. It's it's funny to see them lose, but I don't want to watch them lose because it's painful. But I mean, the team. A homer vote for the team that I am excited to watch is the Oilers down the stretch. I want to see this team, you know, this is the first time coming out of an all-star break. They're playing games that are actually worth something. And I want to see if that gets to Connor McDavid's head and he actually starts playing. I mean, he's been arguably the best player in the league so far. I want to see if he can, like, put it, like, put it up another notch when the games matter even more. That That's going to be a cool thing to watch. Adam? Well, the Oilers are going to be my answer, but... Uh... I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, maybe a bit more off the board. I think Anaheim will, will be interesting, uh, just just for hockey Twitter sense. Uh, just knowing you know the way that uh, hockey Twitter uh, reacts to uh, to you know the Randy Carlisle and uh, and whatnot. Like they've been uh, they haven't been that great offensively. They haven't been uh, that. They've been decent defensively, which has been uh, a bit of a surprise considering the way that Carlos had some teams in the past. So I think that, I don't know, I think hockey Twitter always reacts in a funny way to Randy Carlisle teams. And, um, yeah, that's my answer. I think I said at the beginning of this podcast that I believe that the uh, Anaheim Ducks are going to finish in the bottom five of the a bad prediction. Terrible prediction, but, you know, I still hate them as a team. And so, like, if you're an they're Anaheim so, Ducks, if they're so boring to watch. Yeah, if you're an Anaheim Ducks fan, uh, fucking come at me. Let's let's fight and let's meet me in Temecula. We'll get we'll we'll throw down. Great and, I got um, that one. Uh, I I really don't give a shit. But uh, the team that I'm excited for, and I'm not not even doing this because I know the reaction it's going to get from a lot of people. I'm really genuinely excited to watch the Maple Leafs for the rest of this year. It's no. No, just no, just straight up Cam shuts it down. I mean, think about it. You have Austin Matthews. You have all these other players. Like, how are they going to do? Who's that? I've never heard. You got of Jeff. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you got you got fucking loose Twitter, <laughs> which is going to be disgusting if they get to the playoffs. It's going to be terrible. It is going, it, but it's going to be so unbelievably fascinating though, because the thing is. Everyone loves to hate the Maple Leafs. They do. It's like even people in Columbus know like to shit on the Maple Leafs when they're doing well. And when they're like getting better, like, oh, like they're very good at the moment and they're doing this like way ahead of schedule, people don't know how to react to it. And I'm enjoying it right now. And I mean they have Mike Babcock there. They have the makings of being like almost like an evil empire. A lot of people want to, you know, put them in this position as, you know, they they're they're coming back. They're they're finally you know reviving the franchise. I mean they're the Maple Leafs. They don't really need a revival, but you know they have a really strong chance to be one of the most hated teams in the league if they do it this way. They're already throwing money everywhere, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Right? I mean I can't be the only one that thinks that that if they are able to pull this off, maybe win a playoff series, that they're they're setting themselves up to be one of like the most disliked franchises in the league over the next decade or so. Well, they already are. And I mean, they always have been and they always will be. It's like their fans are just like madness. And I mean, I, I actually say this as like someone, I mean, I do, I like the Leafs. Both my, both my parents are from Toronto. They're the one of the, one of the two teams I cheered for growing up. It's just like their fan base is just absurd. And I mean, I cheer for the Oilers and my fan base is absurd too. But I mean, they're already there. I mean, it's the hated fan bases in the NHL are like Oilers fans, Leafs fans, and like Habs fans. And I mean, it's going to get like even worse. And if they win a playoff series this year, oh fuck, it's it's going to be madness. Adam, what do you what do you feel? You know, what do you think about the Leafs? Do you think that they're going to be interesting to watch in the second half? What are your do you have any predictions on them at all? Um, I have absolutely zero predictions on them, just because. Um, of their volatility this year. They've been all over the map. I think their their offense has been fine. Their goaltending's been fine. Their defense has been mostly abysmal, um, which makes for a fun team. They make for, like, a video game-type team. Um, but, yeah, no, I have, I have zero predictions for them. I think everyone kind of feels the same way from what I can tell on, on Leafs Twitter um, and, like, hockey Twitter in general, is that, like, 
like as long as they stay like somewhat sustainable is what they've been doing. Like they they should push into the playoff spot. Um, but at the same time it's you know, if one or two things goes wrong, like Morgan Riley, you know, came down with an injury and like they're still they're not at the unbreakable point yet. So it'll be it'll be fun. I'm really, I'm just really really excited to see how everything goes because if they collapse, people are going to be excited. If they do well, people are going to be excited. I think no matter what ends up happening, there must see TV, and it's going to obviously make any Canadian TV network you know absolutely salivate, especially with the Oilers doing as well as they have been too. So it's like it, this is just an absolute money making scenario. Just keep printing the money, man. <laughs> let's just <laughs> that, let's just uh, let's just ride the wave. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Now, closing out the show, uh, we're going to try to be back here on Thursday. Uh, no, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll have a guest then. I don't know. We're you know we're wrangling a few people here. We just want to get it out there and get it out to you guys. You can follow me at Sam underscore Blazer. You can follow Adam at uh, Adam underscore Lascaris. And you can follow uh, Cameron at. You have to say it. No, I, I don't. I don't want to say coom. I really don't want to say. There you coom. go. You guys um, have no originality. I, I'd re- uh, no. I, I'm good on that front. Um, you can follow <laughs> uh, the the Twitter account for the podcast uh, if itself. I'm, if I'm coom, you have to be zoom. And then what? That doesn't even make sense. Oh fuck it! I don't know, man. I was gonna say it's pretty it's, late. I, don't I was gonna say we're the ones staying up past two. You're 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 like what? Only past midnight, there, man. Calm yeah, down. Yeah, I go to I go to bed at like ten thirty. Get it together. Uh, but you can follow the Twitter account uh, for the podcast itself at Watch the Game NHL. You can follow NHL Numbers at NHL Numbers. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Hopefully we get some consistency back here. Make sure to go on and rate us and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, And until next time, we appreciate you guys for listening. Mm -hmm. Bye.